1: just go to cars.com. It's magical.
0: Welcome to Women's Hoops and Talks, the what podcast where we are elevating the voice of women in basketball. I'm Tara, joined as always by Kendall. Kendall, how's it going?
2: I'm good. How are you? Good.
0: I am excited to share the interview that we just did with Anna Horford. What a treat to get to talk to somebody who is related to someone who's actually playing in the NBA playoffs right now.
2: Yeah, it's nice to get that different perspective. We're usually talking to like media people, so it's interesting to get a very different side of everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, let's have a really quick discussion amongst us about what we think is going to happen in those playoffs, and then we'll uh, run the interview. So let's start off with the Eastern Conference in honor of our guest, Anna Horford, the Celtics' uh, center's sister. We'll start with the East. What did you think of the fact that the Cav- or the Celtics just blew the doors off the Cavs uh, in Game 1 of the series?
2: Yeah, so, I mean... I personally, so I'll say my prediction for this is I, I obviously, obviously, um, I think the tabs are gonna win this series because I, like I say all the time, I don't bet against LeBron. Um, I think most people are looking at it, and if they, if you're looking at it from kind of a narrow perspective, it's oh they, they blew them away. There's no chance that they're gonna tabs are gonna come back and win if they obviously lost that badly, um, which. You know, that that could happen. But if you've been watching the playoffs this year, um, that's kind of been happening to LeBron. (laughs) It's the game one against the Pacers, they got blown out. Game one against Toronto, they won. But they were losing by a lot. It wasn't until the very end, or kind of towards the end of the game, that they ended up coming back. So I think, um, not to say that this is a sign of, oh, it's going to happen again there's for sure Cavs are going to win, but I don't think that one game is really going to matter. Um, especially if you look at the way LeBron played in that game, you could, everyone keeps saying, Oh, he took the game off. And he kind of did. So as, as long as they're playing like that, when the tabs aren't making their shots and they're missing everything. And if that keeps, if, if they continue to play like that, then yeah, they're not going to win this series, but that I really don't see that happening, that they're going to continue to play that way. So um, yeah, I don't, I'm not worried after that game at all. (laughs) But um, yeah, I think if we get to game three and they still haven't won a game, then I'll get worried, but until then, I'm not worried.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm super conflicted on this. But I, I put on my conspiracy hat and started thinking about it today because um, I started thinking about the LeBron press conference. Because obviously it was LeBron. LeBron had a bad game, right? He um, had – what did he have? 15 points? Shoot. I didn't look it up. Yeah, but it,
2: was, it was something like he that. Had a,
0: he had a very poor scoring game. He was definitely not himself. And then when that reporter asked him the question, "What happened?" and he proceeded to exactly repeat, like two for two minutes, all of the plays that happened on the court, kind of showing off his memory. But Mm. also, I was wondering if he was, like, trolling people going, do you think that I didn't take this game off on purpose? You know what I mean? Like, for somebody who, like, I was just like, did he just throw that game? I mean, not literally throw that game, but was he just like, you know what? I'm going to sit back and I'm going to lull them into a false sense of complacency. I'm going to make them think that they have everything figured out. And then I'm going to strike. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to watch all the plays that they're going to throw at me. And Mm. I'm going to. I'm going to miss so that they keep throwing everything at me. And then the next game I'm going to apply all that and just like tear their throats out.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, people underestimate. I mean, everyone knows that LeBron obviously has a ridiculously high basketball IQ, but I think even while saying that so many people underestimate just how high it actually is and how much of the game, obviously, yes, he's ridiculously athletic. He's an incredible player, but, people really like they don't understand how much of it is mental too and how much like he outsmarts every single person on the on the court at all times and i think him t- if he did take it off on purpose which i i, I also think he did um it do- it does kind of work in his favor because now he can see okay here's what their game plan is coming into this now they're feeling good about it they're gonna maybe relax a little more or what he kind of gives them this false sense or this false confidence. And that's definitely, I mean, that's definitely a strategy. And I think that he also is kind of tired coming off of two series. So I think he is kind of like, okay, let me take, like, let me relax for a game. Let me take it off. Let me just watch this game and figure out what they're doing, see what their game plan is. And then I'll come in and take care of it.
0: Well, I certainly hope that the rest of the games are closer anyway, because I didn't watch much of that because I was like, it was Mother's Day. I was in and out and I was just like, okay, yeah, this is this is not worth me watching right now. So I hope that the rest of the games are a bit closer. But moving over to the West, this is the matchup that I've been waiting for all year. How about you?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, I I think I've said this on here before. I typically don't watch Golden State games, um, but. I I definitely am interested in this because I don't really know who's going to win. I this is one that I really like don't have a prediction. I I know who I want to win. I want to see Houston win, but I really like cannot confidently make a prediction and like support it at all. <laughs> like I feel like I this is probably the one that most like the the playoff series or the the series that I have, like, struggled th- with the most this year of absolutely, like, picking a winner. And, um, yeah. So, so you, you're
0: Washington thinking Golden State. I, I see. I'm not
2: – I don't know. I'm not thinking Golden State's going to win. I don't want them to win. <laughs> but I'm also not necessarily leaning towards them. I think I'm not really – I kind of go back and forth. Because part of me goes, oh, well, if you look at the regular season, Houston did have a better, like, against just their series, against each other, Houston did win more of those games. But, like, you can look at stuff like that, but then you also look at, well, the starting lineup for Golden State just got released. They're playing the Hampton Five. And so, like, you look at stuff like that, and you go, okay, so they're, they're going full force in game one. And... Golden State full force is hard to bet against. So it's I'm kind of I'm back from forth. I think I think I need to watch like two games first, and then I will have a like good idea of where I stand. But as of right now, I think it's just it could go either way.
0: I just don't know if Houston is equipped because I think I think the the coaching style of of the I mean. I think one of the strengths of D'Antoni and Houston is that they've got just the right players who play together really well, and they all are in the position to be their be their best and to do their best. But I don't think that they run a lot of plays. I think they have a pretty simple playbook book, and they run over and over and over again the things that they do best. Which has worked really well. But I think that the team from the Bay Area has more tricks in their bag. And I think that they're tired of, like, you know, they they went from being the darlings of the league to, like, a lot of people all of a sudden don't like them anymore. I mean... I don't even know when that moment happened, but it was like they were everybody loved them and now everyone's sick of them. (laughs) Like it happened so fast. And I I don't think they like being in that position. And I think they got a little bit of an edge to themselves now. Like think of all those, you know, fouls, all those flagrant fouls or all those ejections that they were getting this year and how cranky they were. And I I think that. They're uh, they're not having as much fun, and so where they used to play with joy, now they're playing with a chip on their shoulder. And I think the last thing anybody wants to come up against is that team with a chip on their shoulder.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's hard to bet against them, but it's I think in some ways Houston also feels like they have more to prove, and they're like I feel like they're like a little more motivated because that's one thing about Golden State is that even though. Yeah, I think obviously they've stopped doing the, oh, well, we can kind of relax and we can have more fun with it. And, but like the whole thing they did all season that drove everyone crazy. They obviously, they're not going to do that in this series. But the fact that they have been doing it for such a big part of the season, I think like Houston has never been in that mindset. And I think that they're just, they're still just like, They're just still going on that same train that they've been doing all season. And I think that's kind of that is almost an advantage in itself because they're just going to keep going through the motions of what they've doing of what they've been doing. Now, Golden State kind of has to restart that and that potentially is going to hurt them. So I'm interested to see, because obviously they're not going to take any breaks in this, but I'm interested to see if that kind of hurts them and you kind of see them getting a little lazy at times or different things kind of unintentionally.
0: Maybe uh, maybe Houston can lull them into a false sense of complacency and go out and get blown away (laughs) in game one Uh, and then go back and try a little LeBron trick on them. Maybe they could do that, a little little reverse psychology. (laughs) Yeah,
2: possibly. But I also, I think... In theory, that's good. And I think in LeBron's situation, that obviously, like, he can kind of do whatever he wants and he pulls it off. I think with Houston, I think this game one is a must win for them. I think if they don't win this first game, they're, I think, they're going to have a really hard time winning this series. But if they win the, if they win game one, they, they're solidifying that they are, like they're not going to back down and they are going to power through this. So I, I think this is probably more than any other game than they they've had this season is this is a must win. Yeah. Well, And they can lose game two or whatever, but game one, I think this is the most important game for them right now.
0: Well, again, I just hope it's a good series. I think it could go either way. <laughs> I think, I think the it could, you know, we could get, Some really good basketball over the next several weeks where uh, both the conference finals and the championships are great. But I think there's also a possibility that if Golden State has really been sleeping this whole season, that it could be real boring for the next month. (laughs) They could just walk right over everybody and it might be like, I mean, I worry that if that happens that the ratings will go down because I don't want to watch that. You know?
2: No, and I think that's a big thing is I, I a lot of people don't at least just just hearing from people that I at least know basketball fans and people don't want to see a Warriors Cabs finals again. And I know that some ratings might suggest it. Like ratings in some ways will suggest otherwise based off of last year's finals had higher ratings. But at the same time if you looked at like the true basketball fans they're done with it. They're over it, and I think you know.
0: That- I would. I w- I do want to see Cavs and Warriors, but I want them both full strength battling it out. I. I absolutely would, because I, I don't want to see the, the finals without LeBron. You know. Yeah. So like, I I want to I want to see that, but I want it to be uh, an even match, and if. Golden State has been hiding this extra gear this whole time. And now it's Hampton's five from here on out. Um, and they, you know, rip everybody apart. Then you know, I might watch game one. And then after that, I'm like, WNBA is starting up. <laughs> There's uh, the hockey st- playoffs. will still be going on. I, I might even watch baseball. Cause I just don't <laughs> want to watch golden state play. Keep away uh, for, you know, a second year in a row. Well, I think that we should not hold off our interview, playing our interview any longer. Um, Let's go ahead and transition into introducing Anna. So um, Anna Horford joined us, and she is the host of Horford Happy Hour, which is a podcast on the CLNS Media Network. She is the sister of NBA star Al Horford. It was really fun to talk to her, and I hope you all enjoy our conversation with Anna Horford.
1: much for having me on i'm
0: excited well we imagine that you're super busy right now with something a little something called the nba playoffs going on and a close family member of yours playing in them so we know everyone's time is valuable uh but we really wanted to hear some of your thoughts on what are what's going on in the nba right now and a little bit more about uh, background about your family um i'm wondering if you could start off by telling listeners about the horford happy hour your podcast
1: yeah. So Horford Happy Hour is, uh, just a weekly podcast with varying topics. You know, I've covered everything from basketball to fitness to sex and current events. And, um, it's, it's been pretty fun. Uh, each week, uh, we feature a different wine or champagne and we pair it with, um, the episode and it started in January and, I just, I kind of got the idea after I was a guest on, on a few different podcasts and, you know, people kind of, um, encouraged me to start my own and CLNS, uh, media network approached me and, and asked if it was something that I was interested in. And I totally was. And, and now here we are.
0: Do you have a favorite episode that you've done so far or one that you'd recommend that folks who maybe haven't listened should start with?
1: Um, Well, I think a lot of people like the Ask Al episode. (laughs) And um, that was just, uh, I had asked my followers on Twitter, uh, if they had any questions uh, for Al, basketball, basketball related or not. And uh, so that was, that was pretty fun, just because, you know, um, people got to kind of uh, interact with both him and I. uh, And, and so, so I think that was a good one. I think that's one that, you know, people really like. And, uh
2: I I highly encourage you listen to all of them though (laughs) well kind of on that note I mean we have definitely have a couple questions for you about your brother obviously especially considering he is currently playing in the playoffs um but when kind of growing up with him when did you first kind of start knowing that he was this amazing player and that he had a chance of making it into the NBA
1: yeah definitely well first of all I'm I'm a fan of all of our siblings. I'm, I'm everyone's number one fan. I think uh, we have a really great support system in our family and um, we all kind of have our own thing going on, but regarding Al and his success, I think that it became really evident during uh, his Gator days. I think, uh, you know, his time with Florida really solidified it for me and and for a lot of other people that, you know, he was going to be special and that uh, he was, you know, going to make a big impact um, in the NBA, so so yeah, I definitely think uh, college basketball, the two national championships, uh, and and you know it's just it's been history ever since.
2: So how do you kind of handle it when people criticize him? So obviously that's such a huge part of sports with people being criticized and seeing that that's then your brother being criticized. How do you kind of handle that side of it?
1: It's really hard sometimes. I mean, I've gotten a lot better than. Um, you know, where I was a, a couple of years ago. And this sounds weird, but I'm numb to a lot of the hate and the negativity, uh, that kind of comes our way. And, um, you know, I know his talent and his strengths, and, and no troll on, on the internet's ever gonna change that. So, uh, but it does get old, especially when people, you know, try to tell me how I should handle it, especially when they're not in my situation. You know, a lot of people say, I should ignore, you know, the trolls and and people online. But uh, sometimes, you know, when certain lines are crossed, it it becomes very very hard to ignore certain things.
0: You mentioned your other siblings, and I know that your your father as well was also a basketball player. You have a really really sporty family. Um, one of the things that's always I've been always really been curious about is what is it like when. Um, you know, how do you how does how do you manage life when you have all these really sporty people who are playing at a really high level all the time? And I I have three kids and none of them are particularly, you know, talented athletically, but we still had a really busy life. <laughs> but you have brothers who played. Your father was a player, I believe. Did you play as well? And like, how did you as a, a family just manage all of the logistics of uh, of so many people playing at a high level?
1: Yeah, well, for per, like for personally, um, for me, I uh, I had blown out my knee when I was when I was really young, so so it wasn't you know the the basketball spotlight was never really on me, but you know it was hectic growing up. Uh, we had our brothers obviously play high school; they played AAU, and then um, my two oldest brothers both went D1. You know, Al went to the Gators, my brother John went to Michigan, and um our younger brother was playing in junior college and um so it was it was always interesting trying to balance everything. One brother would be on t v and uh we'd be at the other brother's game watching you know um you know watching al on my phone while we were watching John live uh, at michigan and and whatnot and john uh was actually in the g league uh this season he's been in the g league for uh i believe uh, a couple seasons now, and so Even just going to his games, watching Al's games on our phone, you know, we kind of have to take turns. We try to uh, keep track of, you know, um, try to keep track of each brother and and try to balance it all out. And, um, you know, even though they're at different levels, we we try to to uh, give equal attention to all of them. So. So, yeah.
0: I can't imagine like how busy your your parents must have been like shuffling everybody around and making sure that somebody was at everybody's
1: <laughs> game and No, I mean That's... it's 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 definitely helped now with technology, now that you can like, you know, pretty easily pull up a game on your phone and whatnot. But like mm-hmm. um we we're just, just always have a really big data plan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We we're always we're always trying to keep track of um someone else's game while we're at a game, kinda of thing. So so yeah. It's an interesting
0: dynamic for sure, <laughs> and one of the things that I've really been curious about is you know we we read a lot about you know so and so had to work really hard and he put in the work and he did all these those years as a family member of somebody who's doing all that work like what is that what what is that work that they're doing um are there late night extra practices? Are there extra sessions? Are there just playing in the driveway? What are some of the extra things that uh, players who achieve this extra level that you've witnessed them doing?
1: Yeah, well, so John and Al had a really great trainer. His name is Larry, and you know he was constantly in the gym with them and you know, they were going beyond normal practice hours. So even at the high school level, uh, putting up a thousand shots a day, you know, doing everything that it takes to get to the next level. You know, a lot of kids, especially I think nowadays want to uh, reach the next level, but they don't necessarily want to put in the work. And and I think John and Al, um, you know, both had excellent, excellent work ethic and something that they kind of learned a little bit later, I would say college was that nutrition was also extremely vital. John and Al are two of the healthiest eaters that I know <laughs> um, in the entire world. You know, they're, they're non GMO, they're organic. Um, they try to eat really clean, especially during the season. And um, so I think that's really important, just like little things like that. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, uh, extra, extra practice, extra, you know, time in the gym. Um, all the little things that it, it takes to, to be an elite player.
0: Do you remember them playing with anybody who, uh, like when they were kids that who later went on, uh, you know, to be a NBA player or a college star?
1: Um, well, they were both. They both played for the Michigan Mustangs, which is a pretty prominent AAU team. So, you know, when John and Al played with them, they obviously went on to Florida and Michigan, but their teammates had gone on to places like Michigan State, you know, and, and whatnot. And, and so, yeah, a few of the guys that they that they played with um, throughout their careers have reached, you know, the professional level have gone overseas and whatnot. So, so it's really cool to see, um, to see everyone's, you know, different journeys and, and how guys have developed throughout the years.
2: So since we are right in the middle of the playoffs, um, have you been kind of keeping up with, um, the playoffs as a whole, have you mostly just been watching Boston or kind of how have you been watching the playoffs this year?
1: Um, I've mostly been focused on Boston and the East. I've kind of, you know, you kind of give a side eye out to the West. Um, but right now, you know, uh, with, with everything going on, you know, basketball is not, um, is not my life. So I don't like to eat, sleep, and breathe it all the time. So so I'm definitely uh, just paying more attention to to the East and, and where the Celtics are at and whatnot. Um, I am, you know, obviously, um, you have the West in the back of your mind, because the talent, you know, in the Western Conference is just absolutely insane. Uh, it makes you a little bit nervous. So,
2: so you so but for the for the most part, yeah, just uh, kind of focused on the East do you kind of have a preference of if Boston does make it to the finals of who their opponent is? Do you have a preference of who you want them to be playing?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, honestly, uh, Golden State uh, and Houston, they both make me so nervous. Yeah. But, you know, Boston's played well against Golden State um, at Golden State. So, um, So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, both teams just, they've got different strengths and, And I think, it, you know, we're such a young team and people have kind of been underestimating us all season, all playoffs. And so I think I think either team would be, you know, uh, extremely challenging. Um, But so, yeah, I don't really I don't really have a preference. I think I think either uh, could give us, you know, a good run for our money.
2: Mm -hmm. And that would be an interesting series. I know that um, at least I've seen online that you're not the biggest Draymond Green fan. So um, I'm sure that would be add a little bit to it.
1: Yeah, definitely. He was um he was, you know, he played for State. My brother played for Michigan and um you know, I've I've never been a huge fan of his personality. Um you know, he's not he's not the worst player in the world. I just I like to poke fun at him sometimes cuz you know, he's one of those really nitty-gritty guys and um so so yeah.
0: Are you allowed to have like favorite players or is that something that like you can't, you know, pick favorites? Obviously besides your brothers cuz of course they're number 1.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I enjoy watching certain people. You know, I I love watching Steph Curry play. Um, James Harden has been extremely impressive, and and you know, um, so so yeah. I mean, you do have guys that that you enjoy. If you enjoy basketball, you're gonna you know enjoy watching these guys play. So so yeah. But of course, family comes first, and and the Celtics come first, and and whatnot. So so yeah.
0: What are some of the memorable stories um, that you, some of the stories you like to tell about some of the people that you've met in the NBA outside of your family?
2: Yeah. Well, I know this is probably
1: going to sound strange, but meeting players and coaches is like nothing that's really new for me and my siblings. Um, you know, just because we've kind of been, Uh, around professional basketball since we were born. Uh, so, so it's pretty normal. So we don't really get like star shock or anything. Um, but you know, uh, I talk about how we, we met Kobe in his final season and he was just, he was very sweet and, um, you know, just, he was actually very humble and, and we got to talk to him for a bit. Um, And I had just told a story on my podcast a couple weeks ago, my sister and I, when we were in Milwaukee for the playoffs, uh, you know, Danny Ainge comes walking into the the team hotel. We're waiting for Al in the lobby. And he just kind of puts his arms around us and we get in this huddle. And, you know, he's kind of like, all right, guys, game plan. What are we going to do? Like, you know, (laughs) and, you know, it's just, it's just funny because people see Danny Ainge. I know a lot of people, you know, he can probably be intimidating to some people, but he's just, you know, He's a, he's kind of a goofy dude, (laughs) really nice. And, um, so, so yeah. Um, and all the, you know, all the guys on Al's team have been great. Uh, the guys, when he played in the Hawks, they were all really humble and it's, it's always interesting seeing players kind of outside of their, their element, or I guess what people would, you know, be used to seeing them in like, like at the arena and at games. And, and, you know, we see guys that, al's birthday party and and you see that you see another side of them you know you see like a fun side and um you know get really get to know like their personalities and whatnot so so that's always fun and um and i always uh talk about or i've talked about before how uh when al's with the hawks and and chris humphreys was on the team uh we were waiting for al in detroit to come out after the game and and chris humphreys came out and he was you know kind of talked to my dad a bit and then um, I was talking to him a bit, and then um, he kind of like points at my dad. He's like, "Hey, you should turn around." Like turn around. My dad's like giving us like the hawk, like hawk eyes, like just like watching us talk because he thinks like you know we're flirting or something. And um, so so yeah, it's it's always interesting, but like I said, it's it's a pretty normal thing
2: for us. So now that the season, the regular season is over, obviously the talk for NBA awards have has definitely amped up a whole lot. So, do you have any big opinions on the MVP race, Coach of the Year, kind of those big awards? Do you have any predictions for those? Um, a little bit.
1: I've thought about it a bit. Uh, for MVP, I mean, I, I I see Harden winning, honestly. Um, you know, uh, the Rockets have uh 65 wins, and um, he's averaging like 30 points a game. You know, eight assists. Um, and you know, the only other person I could think of is is you could make a case for LeBron just because he's kind of carrying his team at this point. Um, As far as like coach of the year, obviously, I know I sound biased, but I got to go with Brad Stevens Um, just because he's done so much um, and he's, he's, you know, overcome so much adversity and, and no one's really doing what he's doing right now. So I think he's been extremely impressive and um, rookie of the year. I had uh, probably Donovan Mitchell. I know that you could make a case for Tatum or Simmons, but, you know, Mitchell was just – he was outstanding um, in the playoffs and, and whatnot. So, so yeah, that's, that's who I've got. Um, and then most improved, I would probably say uh, Jalen Brown, just because if you look at him last season compared to this season, I mean, he's just come leaps and bounds it's it's awesome and and he's really helped our team uh get to where we're at so so he's been extremely impressive have you
0: ever attended any of those uh big events like the nba awards or like the draft party or any of or or, uh the all-star game or any of any of those big events with your family
1: um my family has always like my dad has always gone to those and and my siblings Links have gone. Um, I am like a super busy bee, so um, I, you know, I remember one year, like like at Al's draft, I was actually like in Vegas for like dance nationals and like, um, you know, things have just I things haven't really lined up um, in order for me to to kind of flip my schedule around and and head to those things. I would love to go to the NBA Awards um, maybe sometime in the next couple seasons and. Um, obviously, you know, the all-star game is, is a really fun event as well. So, so yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens.
0: So one of the things we like to ask everybody who comes on the podcast is who is a woman that you admire in the basketball world?
1: Um, I would have to say, I mean, this might be obvious, but, um, Becky Hammond and, um, you know, I, I think that she's just really paved the way for other women and, Even though she, especially recently, you know, has been kind of constantly uh, criticized and and doubted, Um, you know, she's she's breaking into a male dominated field and she's doing it with class and the skill. And uh, she's definitely earned respect from from her players and from fellow coaches. And and I think that speaks volumes. And I know that a few players had come out and said, you know, um, the only people who who talk down to women in the WNBA or women in sports are are fans and not other players because i mean when it comes down to it you know professional basketball players professional basketball player and these guys really do you know for the most part respect um you know the the WNBA and and women in basketball and and i think that i think a lot of guys are are pushing for you know more women um in sports and and in these male dominated fields and um another person i i would say um, not a player or coach, but definitely I, I look up to Doris Burke. Um, she's just, she's phenomenal and she has, you know, excellent basketball knowledge and she doesn't budge. She demands respect and she's really great at her job. So, so I think those two, I would have to say are, are really inspiring.
0: Yeah. Two just amazing women. Can either of you imagine or remember ever recalling so much discussion about any other assistant coaches, whether or not they should get an interview? That's the thing that is driving me crazy about this whole Becky Hammond thing is like suddenly everybody has opinions on whether this one particular assistant coach deserves to have an interview. And I don't recall ever having that discussion about anyone else. Do either of you?
1: No, no, you know, yeah. And that's just, that is like, it's not even just sports when it, when it kind of comes to controversial opinions like that. It's, it's women trying to, you know, um, pave the way in, in all aspects of life and, and in different fields. And, and it's really disheartening, you know, it's kind of like, shouldn't we be over it by now? Yeah. Are
0: we still having this discussion?
1: (laughs) Exactly. Well,
0: Anna, thank you so much for taking the time to join us tonight. Could you tell folks how they can find your work, how they can find the podcast, and if they want to follow you on Twitter?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you guys can find me on Twitter at Anna Horford. And um, there's always a link to my podcast um, on my Twitter page. And if you just want to like look it up or Google it, it's just Horford Happy Hour. And uh, yeah, definitely tune in for sure.
0: Oh, I have to, I was gonna ask you of all of the wine because I know you uh drink a different bottle of wine uh for every episode. do you have one that has emerged as the favorite?
1: Um, that is really hard just because i I love wine <laughs> <laughs> but i uh, I mean, I really like if you're looking for something like just like really affordable and just like kind of gets the job done and like solid. I love the whole, like, Apothic series, so Apothic Red, Apothic White, Apothic Inferno. Um, Those are kind of, like, my go-tos. The one I featured this week is called Coco Bomb, and it's a red blend, and it is delicious. It's, like, one of my new favorites, so you guys should go out and try it. It's really good.
0: (laughs) Now, we're from Oregon, so have you ever – do you recall if you've sampled any Oregon wines?
1: I don't know. I mean, obviously a lot from California, but um, do you have one that you recommend? i
0: don't really because i'm not a big wine drinker but i know oregon pinot is what's uh really really well known so i'll okay. just put in a plug for oregon pinot give that a try sometime <laughs> That's good we will do will do well again thank you so much for your time Anna. i really appreciate it and um i hope everybody gets a chance to go check out the horford happy hour because it's really fun to listen to thanks yeah. a lot thank you guys so much
2: yeah thank you Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the women's hoops and talks podcast the what podcast we're hosted by blazers edge part of the almighty baller radio network if you like what you heard please go find the blazers edge podcast on itunes or stitcher and subscribe rate and review we we release new p- episodes of the what podcast every other thursday if you want to get notified when the What podcast episodes are released you can follow us on twitter at hoops and talks i'm on twitter at kennel bennett 16 and tara is pcb bids or team mom ripsy